0: to another episode of Lords of Limited with your hosts Ben Woney and Ethan Sachs.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney and joining me on the line is Ethan Sachs. Ethan before we get going today we're going to start the show a little differently and I just want to take a second to talk about what's going on in the world. So everything that's going on with the protests and the Black Lives Matter just got me thinking. I was scrolling through my Twitter and you know you and I talked about this a little bit before the show that my Twitter feed is literally, you know, Black Lives Matter posts and Magic the Gathering, which is sort of weird to process, but I also saw a tweet that said, you know, something along the lines of silence is compliance and it hit me sort of for the first time ever in my life that I do have a platform to say something. And that's thanks to all of you listeners. So thank you very much for listening to the show. But I just want to take a brief second to say that, you know, I support the Black Lives Matter movement and want to do what I can to help. And I hope this podcast is a place where everyone feels included. And I take great pride in that and our streams as well.
0: Yeah, I I want to second everything you're saying. And it does feel a little weird, perhaps a little trite to be doing a podcast about limited magic about a, a choreo layer of behemoths on this Sunday morning with the wake of everything that happened yesterday um, in various cities with protests and police brutality. And again, want to say we support the Black Lives Matter movement. You are not alone. We are an ally to you. And that police brutality is not okay. And I'm happy to have a platform where we can say something like that. And I I hope our community feels the same way.
1: 100%
0: agree. All right. So... We're going to go ahead about our usual business here, but I just wanted to, to do that at the start of the show. So Ben, first things first, before we dive into the second half of what we started last week of talking about commons in context, we're going to go through the mar do's and mar don'ts, looking at red, white, and black, talking about why those colors are really so awesome and at the top of the heap of a quarry layer of behemoths and look at all the commons and where they fit in. But before we get into any of that, we've got to talk about the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited, where folks can go to give back to the show if they so choose. You know, we talk about, I think we have a lot of pride in our community on our streams. I think we have a really great audience there. And I think we have a really great community of patrons. The Discord just makes me very, very proud each and every week, seeing folks help each other out in the various channels that we have. So everyone who gives back on the Patreon gets access to that discord and each and every week we want to make sure we shout out our new patrons so this week we are welcoming to the fold mb logan moby julian sigmund robert liam jim grim monolith james chad stefan carlos and kevin Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah,
1: cannot say thank you enough. It is insane what goes on in the Discord as far as people helping each other out with what's the builds, what's the picks. It just warms my heart, you know, or people posting in sick brags, something as silly as, you know, like, hey, made it to diamond and really proud of that. And everyone just wanting to say congrats and lift that person up. Really enjoy the Discord. Yeah, it's a fantastic
0: community. Very proud to have fostered it and to be a part of it and to get to watch it continue to grow. All right, Ben. So we're going to kick things off here with a round table from a draft I did on Magic Online this week. Are you ready to take a seat? Absolutely. All right. I already know you're going to dislike my my pick here and pack one, pick one. So looking at the following cards as options, it's kind of a stinker of a pack. The best cards at common are Snare Tactician. Bushmeat Poacher and Evolving Wilds, I would say. The Uncommons are all kind of junkers. Wingspan Mentor. This is a card I see getting played way too much. This is the Tuna Blue 1-3 puts a flying counter on a non-human creature when it ETBs and then you can pay two and a blue tap put a plus plus one counter on each creature with flying you control
1: yeah it's a good card in the right deck the right deck just so rarely comes together right you want to have a lot of creatures that are cheap and naturally have flying
0: yeah which is tough to do it's just like the the body the three mana one three body plus the three mana activation is a hard sell for me i agree uh regal leosaur as well in here that's the red white two two mutate one boros borg When this creature mutates, other creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn. There's the Endothic Crystal. That's the Abzan one. And your rare is Gem Razor, three and a green for a four, four beast with reach and trample. You can mutate for one green, green. And when you mutate, you get to disenchant something.
1: Yeah. So looking at this pack, I think I'm I'm deciding between Gem Razor, Snare Tactician, and Bushmeat Poacher. Ultimately, I think it comes down to Bushmeat Poacher or Snare Tactician for me. I think they're all comparable power level like gem razor might be the most raw power i'm not even sure that's true in the format in the context of the
0: format yeah i was thinking about it like how much better is this than exuberant wolf bear which is also a four-mana 4 of And like Reach and Trample are real, but like the other text on the Wolf Bear doesn't end up mattering that much, in my opinion. So like, it's weird because this is a rare, that's an uncommon. I feel very confident that Wolf Bear isn't that great. And then I like, I took this, but like, is it that good? It is. I mean, tr- Trample matters and the fact that it has
1: mutate, Matters to give something else large trample. I mean, it it, it's a lot more flexible. It blows up a pacifism, which is something that Green struggles with. Sure, like all of that matters, but I I don't know that it's broadly that much more powerful than Snare Tactician and Bushmeat Poacher. And certainly in the context of the format, it gets a huge knock for being Green in my book Mm -hmm. because I would I would much prefer to be drafting White or Black to start. Honestly, I think you know I initially was egging you here that I would take Bushmeat Poacher, but I didn't see the Snare Tactician in my first run through the pack, and I think I would land on Snare Tactician here hoping to get into the cycling deck. I think that's like right on the edge. Like Snare Tactician's about the lowest level payoff that I would dip my toe in to see if cycling's open like it or a stinger and i think i would take snare tactician here and see what comes and i would also certainly respect anyone that felt like cycling was contested and just wanted to start off with bushmeat poacher and draft a good
0: old black red deck yeah snare tactician is tough for me to take first because i don't feel like it's so inflexible there are times where you end up with a cycling package in a white black humans deck where tactician is good but by and large it feels like it's a red white gold card to me and so it feels a little bit, I mean, it's high reward, but perhaps high risk. I don't know. But again, is, is taking Gem Razor that, <laughs> that much less risky, you know, in the sense of is green? Are you going to see the good green cards that you need to to make a good green deck?
1: I think those cards are similarly narrow and Snare Tactician's in a much better deck. Bushmeat Poacher is by far the most flexible, powerful card. Right.
0: Yeah, an interesting pick there. So I, I did grab the rare and gem raiser here, but as you see, we we were we we're gonna move off of it fairly quickly. Pack one pick two commons to take a look at here a much better looking pack there's uh, a cavern whisperer and a bushmeat poacher is probably the two best commons here as well as a Bloodfell caves the red black tap land uncommons left in the pack are all three uncommons left in the pack here unbreakable bond the reanimation spell ivy elemental and flame spill one of the best removal spells in the set two and a red instant deal for to target creature excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller
1: yeah i think for me this boils down to unbreakable bond and flame spill as far and away the two best cards in the pack. And I think, you know, if I'm onto tactician, you're on gem razor, neither of those, you know, are going to line up super well. So we're just trying to take Raleigh, the most powerful card here. And I think I have flame spill
0: ahead of unbreakable bond in my pick order. Yeah, I do too. I'm kind of down on unbreakable bond these days. It's not the column a payoff I'm hoping to grab. I mean, I know we had a discussion about it versus back for more. Uh, I think on our dual stream this this week where I think you were going to take Unbreakable Bond over back for more be- just because of how much you don't want to be in green. But for me, one, I think that the green part of it is splashable and it's just such a much more powerful effect that makes me want to take the sandworms and the lava serpents highly whereas unbreakable bond feels like a oh well if i'm already in black this is a pretty sweet card to slot in and then i can look for the pieces but it's not the like oh this is a b b plus grade card for me anymore I'm, I'm still on it as
1: a solid b i think
0: all right uh yeah so flame Spill, gonna get snapped up here moving on to pack one pick three really strange pack holy blue cards batman so to start off there's a prickly marmoset in the pack but then the blue commons, there's Of One Mind, Hampering Snare, Glimmer Bell, fail Ambush, and Dreamtail Heron, as well as, at uncommon, a Boon of the giver. the six mana draw four with Cycling one. And then the other uncommon in the pack is Sonar's Halibonder. That's the one Mardu Mardu two two with Menace, and each creature you control with Menace can't be blocked except by three or more creatures.
1: Yeah, it's so there's a few talking points in this pack, right? So there's six blue cards here. So it's very easy to see this pick three and think. Oh, blues open. That's not necessarily really the case, right? I mean, so this is a weirdly collated pack. I think that you can say. Mm-hmm. And then there's an uncommon and a common missing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probable that nobody took a blue card, but you don't know if they're going to move into blue. It's so early to see this many blue cards and think blues open. But I think some some people could draw that conclusion.
0: The only thing you know is that so there's the the five blue commons, two red commons, a white common and a green common. So the only thing you know is that a black common was taken out of this pack. Is that true? That's how pack collation works? Yeah, there's going to there's one of each color. OK, so you know that there's a black common missing, but that's
1: it. Yeah. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And then for us, as far as trying to decide what the pick is, after taking Flame spill here, I think Prickly Marmoset is probably just the best card in the pack. You could also make a case for like an, a one mana cycler or something. But yeah, with, with my start of Snare Tactician and a Flame spill, certainly thrilled to pick up Marmoset here. And I would imagine you're going to land on the Marmoset also.
0: Yes, I took the Marmoset as well. Pack one, pick four. We're starting to get cooking here. So there's a Drannith Stinger in the pack. And I think that's probably just the best card in the pack, followed up by Whisper Squad as the second best common here.
1: Yeah. And there's also a Zagoth Mamba chilling here. At the start of the format, would you have ever thought like that it would
0: just not even be
1: remotely in the conversation with Drannith Stinger and Whisper Squad?
0: (laughs) I would not have thought that. I believe I had Zagoth Mamba as the best black uncommon, um, which I certainly don't now. It is not a card that is even on my radar most of the time.
1: Yeah. So just snapping up Drannith Stinger here, right? and we're thrilled.
0: Yeah, we're thrilled. And I just wanted to look at pack one pick five here because I do think it's it's an interesting choice. Um, so I was in this draft, I was in the same draft as Beers SC, who is uh, on last week's episode of Limited Level Ups. He's, I believe, in second place on the trophy leaderboard on MTGO with something like 104 trophies in the format, which is bananas to me. So I, I had this pick here and I, I was having him review my draft because he was uh, a few seats away from me. But I have another prickly marmoset here in the pack and it basically comes down to this and Boon of the Wishgiver, which is another one mana cycler for the deck, if we start to think that we're going down a cycling route.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? And I think that I think the answer is different for you and for me, depending on that first pick. So with snare tactician, for me, if I've got tactician, flame spill, marmoset, stinger, I'm thinking, you know, cycling looks pretty open and I want to be cycling. And I really value the one mana cyclers once I know. I'm going to be cycling. And I feel like right now I would sort of like to lock it in with my start to the draft. So I would be on Boone here for you. I'm a lot less willing to lock it in because you just if you just give up on, you know, gem raiser, the world's your oyster at this point. And yes, you've got like a cycling package here, but you don't need to be all in cycling And picking up two Prickly Marmosets this early means you can be red X and just have some Cyclers in your deck and have the Prickly Marmosets be very good cards. So I think I would land on Marmoset for you and Boon for me.
0: I think it's supposed to be Boon for me as well. And here's what I'm going to throw out to you. And, And Beers was saying this as well. He was like, I'm basically just never taking one mana. I'm basically never taking Marmoset over one mana Cyclers. Um, because they're just so important to the deck functioning. I think this was one of the big takeaways I had. Remember when we did the streamer showdown, not this last one. uh, Well, we won't speak of of that one where we both uh, met each other in the (laughs) battle for not last. But the one prior to that where Voxy was the only person in cycling at the table, and she ended up with a great cycling deck, had something like four snare tacticians, except she just didn't get there on the one mana cyclers. And so I was like, really, you know, I think you and I both had really tight games against her deck. It was a really tough matchup. But I think the thing that would have tipped it over the edge from like strong to busted Obviously a zenith flare, but one mana cyclers. And the other thing is where I'm at right now with flame spill, prickly marmoset, dranstinger, I could just end up with a cycling package in a blue red deck as well. And Boon of the Wishgiver is gonna be great there. So I think you're supposed to take Boon here. Yeah, that's interesting. I've
1: I've been like in in your route, I would not be thinking I'm cycling. That's why I would take the marmoset. I think. But if you want to give yourself outs to being cycling, certainly I would pick Boone.
0: Yeah. So a really interesting draft. I ended up with the Snare Tactician Wheeling out of pack one, which sort of felt like a full steam ahead type of deal. But then really scared. I was calling this deck like Dong Curve Cycling because I ended up with four prickly marmosets and three snare tacticians and then my only other payoffs were two drannith stingers and i got a pack three pick five flourishing fox which really helped me out and basically it started off pack three being like i need to take one mana cyclers over anything and ended up being able to do that which was nice and that deck didn't look strong i believe the only uncommon i had in the deck was flourishing fox and it's still trophied and I think that just speaks to, you know, I I've, I've faced two green decks and Snare Tactician just destroys green decks. This was one of the, it's sort of weird, to it was like coming off of last week's episode and sort of the last few weeks where I feel like I've been the only person trying to defend green in the format. And then playing that deck that was just all commons, really not even like the best curve at all of a good cycling deck and just seeing how oppressive it is against those kinds of decks in the format really opened my eyes a little bit yeah welcome to the team thanks buddy well so that segues us nicely into this week where we're going to talk about red white and black and why these colors are so powerful in the format so ben i I sort of took the reins last week so i'm going to step back here and let you dump all this info on folks and I'll, I'll, i'll pepper in some questions here and there and and pipe in when i feel like uh like my little green voice is needed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think it's no secret that I have been a proponent of trying very hard to get into Mardu and not draft green if you can avoid falling into the trap. Um, But, you know, in all seriousness, I I do think Mardu is very strong, any of those color pairs, so white, red, white, black, or black, red, and that If you can position yourself to get into those colors, which I think you can most of the time because they're all based on commons and there's so many different flavors of each of them that it most often, if you don't let commons in green push you into green, that you can end up in a Mardu deck. And I think those are the best decks in the format. So with that goal in mind of trying to get into Mardu, you're going to end up, I think most of the time with an above average deck, even if you're trying very hard to get into it. And I think I would also say along those lines, that an above average Mardu deck is better than all but the nuts green mutate decks. You know, those decks are better. If you get the uncommons and you get a great mutate deck, it's going to be better than an above average Mardu deck. But those come together fewer and much more far between. I I would make an argument that there's supposed to be like maybe two black red drafters per pod, right? Like black and red are so deep. Like just literally two people can be black red and have good decks.
0: Right, because there's so many different things that the Black Red deck is trying to do. As we talked about even last week, just like how flexible and how much it overlaps. You can have your cycling packages. You can have your mutate packages with cloud piercers and cavern whispers. You can have your menace matter stuff. You can have your sacrifice outlets. Like Black Red has so many things going on and all of those things have excellent overlap. So it doesn't feel like there are just these little anemic parts of your deck. It feels like they all work together towards a goal. I
1: think another real reason to drive Mardu is that it allows you to try to get into the best deck in the format which is cycling with fairly low risk and then pivot off of cycling into another very good deck if you feel like you're getting cut out of cycling you know you start out you know Drana Stinger snare tactician one mana cycler one mana cycler and then you're like ah eh, cycling's not open you have this wealth of commons in three colors to try to build a very good deck out of
0: yeah for sure i think red and black are leading the charge there for sure with the commons and i think white's bringing up the rear a little bit but red and black are just so deep and so flexible right i agree yeah yeah certainly white in third place there
1: so let's say you position yourself to draft mardu just sort of going to give a brief ranking of what i think the mardu decks are in order of of levels of goodness so top of the heap number one is cycling i think red white cycling being the best and i think there's also a very good white black cycling deck that comes together a lot less often but i think you know if you're cycling and cycling hard and you've got the good payoffs you've got the best deck
0: now when you're talking about white black cycling are you thinking like well i've got valiant rescuer and snare tactician and maybe like a sanctuary lockdown like that it's like human cycling or do you feel like it's as full-fledged cycling as the red white deck is i think it would be humans human cycling okay going wide and then like
1: coordinated charge maybe a bastion but like a very strong element of cycling with the snare tacticians also Mm -hmm. and i think following that is the red black Bastion of Remembrance slash Weaponize the Monsters deck, where you're really trying to grind. And if you get each of those enchantments on the battlefield, every creature you sacrifice, you know, hits the opponent for three. That deck's super strong. I have a very ideal version of that that I'm piloting on Arena right now. Nice. Coming up after that in third place would be like the white black humans with Bastion of Remembrance that's really trying to grind with Bushmeat Poacher. And then you've got a couple durable coil bugs in there. That deck, I think, is good. And I, I don't actually love Sanctuary Lockdown in humans. Like you'll you'll play it but of the enchantment payoffs i think sanctuary lockdown is the worst of the three between it and bastion and weaponize
0: yeah i want to say a thing here about sanctuary lockdown is that i'm uh, that's another card that i'm lower on now and that's because it feels so all in that like it it feels like every time i take a durable coil bug because it goes so well with the rest of that deck's package it goes so well with bastion and bushmeat poacher and mutual destruction etc but like the more of those kinds of cards i want to take then that makes The sanctuary lockdown worse and a little clunky and so yeah i I agree that that card isn't as good and i want to just throw out that i think there's a still this many weeks into the format there is a misunderstanding of red black and to to a greater extent the white black deck i think white black we, we had this idea at the start of the format that it was an aggro deck and even now, I think people haven't shaken that feeling. It is very much a grindy value deck. You're just trying to, you know, just wear down your opponent's resources and accumulate value through, you know, your Whisper Squads, your Bushmeat Poacher, your Coil Bug Recursion Loops, all that stuff. Like, you're not really trying to go, like, don't let Night Squad Commando fool you as a, oh, this is a curve out deck. Like, You can have some games where that works, but the beauty of this deck is that it goes to the late game with the best of them.
1: Right. General's Enforcer is what White Black wants to do. Exactly. You just want to be double activating that after you've got eight lands on the
0: battlefield. Right. And And killed all your opponent's stuff. And a two drop that wants you to get to eight mana is not what an aggro deck is made of.
1: Right. I think that's a great point that you bring up about Sanctuary Lockdown, which is similar to why I'm down on it also, right? It puts your draft on rails to really maximize it, but that's not how you get the most out of your draft, right? You get the most out of your draft in Mardu by being really flexible and seeing which you know corner of the Mardu world your deck ends up in with Synergy. It's almost
0: got like companion level restrictive text to it, you know, without the benefit of having an eighth card.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to frame it. So in fourth place after that would be Red Black Mutate, you know, featuring headliner Splinter Twin Porky Parrot, and Bootnipper Death Touch. Mm-hmm. Following that, Black X Reanimator, where you know we've got some unbreakable bonds. Maybe you're splashing for a back for more that sort of thing. And then past that, Red Black Menace Tribal, you know, which is you know you want Sack Outlets, you definitely want your Weaponize the Monsters, you want your Bushmeat Poachers, you want to be running Tentative Connection, which is the Active Treason effect, and you know Removal. So uh, there's like sort of different. Flavors flavors of it also where it just if you have a lot of menace creatures, your synergy becomes I'm playing menace creatures and I'm killing your blockers and then killing you. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of synergistic in and of itself also. And then past that, Mardu control featuring either the Ruinous Ultimatum or Mythos of Snapdacks and or both, preferably Um, but Mardu Control can come together and is very strong when it does, but it doesn't come together frequently enough and really is based on rares and uncommons. That's why it's lower down the power rankings here. And then bringing up the rear is
0: sad white-black mutate. Yeah, or or white-red mutate. I mean, you know, you can have those as packages. You can have those as full-out decks. They're not great, but they can come together and do some work. Yeah, for sure. So if you're
1: thinking about all these decks, there's so much overlap among the decks as well in Mardu that it's also easy and good. It's beneficial to you, you know, if you can be a red black grindy deck that has you know maybe a mutate package as well like maybe you've got you know three forbidden friendships in your red black grind deck because you've got a weaponized and you've got a bastion and you want to go wide But then all of a sudden you just get a free roll cloud piercer and cavern whisperer as great
0: mutate threats at the top of your curve yeah oh we can't we got we gotta save our, our magnum opus to forbidden friendship a little later in the show the, uh, the ode to forbidden friendship exactly yeah so uh,
1: another thing just about Mardu specifically dialing in on red and we talked about this at the very beginning of the format, but I just want to reiterate it here. Red is really good. It's as deep and as good as black was in Theros Beyond Death, yet nobody seems to really identify that. And it's not nearly as contested as black was in Theros Beyond Death, which is just wild to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think of all the colors, we basically had none in in green, we had essence scatter essentially in blue of all the colors red has i think five commons that are in the good in every deck category that we'll get to later no color comes even close to that and then not even considering beyond that how many good to great commons red gets
1: right yeah it's just absurd and then i think if you're thinking about removal in the format The Mardu colors, red and black, have the two premier removal spells in the format in Blood Curdle and Fire Prophecy, which are just head and shoulders above the rest of the removal spells in the format.
0: Right. That's the line. I'd say those two plus Heartless Act and Flame Spill at Uncommon, both in red and black as well, those are the removal spells that I'm taking over some Column A cards, some of the payoff cards, and certainly over every support card in the format yeah they're just absurd so all of this stuff you know combines to just make mardu
1: an ideal place to be in the format it's got the best deck in it it's got the best removal It's got the most synergy built in and it's all at the common and uncommon level, which is just heaven for a limited drafter. Yeah. Preach. So how do you get into these various decks? Let's take a look at the uncommon level and then work our way down to talking about the commons and the commons in the context of, you know, the format. So first up is Bastion of Remembrance. I think this is the best of the best. Eh, It's close with weaponize. I don't know. Wow. I think I have Weaponize over Bastion. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never really thought about that pack one pick one before. I don't think I've ever had to make that decision. I think I would be on Weaponize because it's red.
0: I was thinking about this yesterday on stream because I was like, all right, Zenith Flare is the best uncommon. I think Archipelagor is the second best uncommon. And then I was trying to figure out what the rest were and it definitely felt like weaponize three bastion four for me i think yeah that
1: makes sense to me weaponize also does what bastion wants to do but does it better right it turns your creature into two damage instead of just one damage right yeah so that makes sense to me so top of the heap then weaponize not bastion bastion get off the pedestal but weaponize the monsters is great you should pick it highly play it in every red deck with creatures that wants to kill the opponent Mm -hmm. um at bastion you do have to build around. A little more carefully than weaponized you really do want tokens and going wide and you want to be trying to pressure the opponent a little bit every swing that you can bluff or get in some chip damage really matters when you've got bastion as your win condition yeah we've talked about unbreakable bond that's much more of a package than it is a deck but unbreakable bond is certainly a card that pushes you down the mardu colors porcuparot we've talked about you know as splinter twin very much at home porcuparot sort of at this point to me feels like a red black gold card even though it's not Yeah, I agree with that. I I guess red blue, you can do the Glimmerbell thing, but certainly its best home is in red black. And then we've mentioned Sanctuary Lockdown, how that's a great payoff, but feels a little bit narrow. General's Enforcer is something that really pushes me towards white black and wanting to be Bastion and maybe even wanting to put Sanctuary Lockdown in my deck a little more actively than I would otherwise. But it's also something
0: that I go out of my way to splash in red black if I've got the fixing for. I have come so far up on generals enforcer from the start of the format i thought it was so medium at the beginning i was like two mana two three it's like it's gold so it's not gonna be a high pick four mana to make a one one but beyond the fact that making one ones is very good in the, in the context of what white black is trying to do which is grind give sack fodder to weaponize and bushmeat me poacher and mutual destruction or give just like more bodies for bastion of remembrance triggers the fact that you can just like Exile cyclers from the Zenith flare deck or exile fatties in response to someone trying to back for more like that is such a savage way to interact with your opponent,
1: yeah, for sure, and then last on the list here we've got dire tactics as just a premium removal spell, right this is something that makes me probably want to be white black and or try to splash it in black red, you know, if I get pushed out of white black or whatever but certainly a premium removal spell there, but I think it's it's lower than a lot of the cards that are engine pieces in these decks. Yeah, for sure. And then another thing to think about in the context of Mardu is that it contains cycling, right? And we, we dedicated a whole episode of cycling's best deck in the format. You, know, you should be trying to draft cycling. You should pick one mana cyclers highly. And I think most people are on board with that at this point. Although two days ago, I got a triple Xena <laughs> Flare 17 one mana cycler deck in the arena. Premium oh. draft queues. So, cool, cool, sick cool. brags. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: You've lived long enough to see yourself become the villain, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I've been the villain all format, <laughs> baby.
1: <laughs> so, if you're thinking about cycling in the context of Mardu, there's some cycling cards that are better than others as far as packages, because Mardu is really a place where you can end up with a cycling package as well. So, you're thinking about cycling cards that really want you to be the cycling deck, you know, with maybe you've got 15-ish cyclers in your deck to really be good. Those are stuff like Flourishing Fox, Zenith Flare, Reptilian Reflection that really want you to have a critical mass of cyclers. Those aren't the cards that you really want in your cycling package. Will you play them sometimes? Yeah. But the the best cards, if you start cycling and get cut out of cycling to have in your decks, are stuff like Snare Tactician, Valiant Rescuer, Prickly Marmoset a Stinger, like those. If you've got seven or eight one mana cyclers, or you know, even some two mana cyclers that are playable in your deck, those cards still really shine and do tons
0: of work. Yeah, I would say I think probably Snare Tactician feels the lowest of those, and you can tell me if I'm I'm wrong about that assessment because I feel like Valiant Rescuer in a human's deck it feels like a must kill threat, even if you only are are able to make you know a couple one ones on average per game. Prickly Marmoset feels still. The threat of activation there, I think everyone just has prickly marmoset PTSD at this point where you're just like, well, I can never block this or I have to snap kill this. Dranid Stinger is just so flexible and Snare Tactician feels like you really do need to have, I don't know, eight plus cyclers before you want to include it in that package where the whereas the others i think you need less right
1: yeah i agree with that but i think snare tactician is requires less to be
0: good to playable
1: than you know stuff like fox or zenith flare or whatever
0: yes i agree with that
1: and you're probably still if you do have a fox you're still probably playing it with all those cards because you still are going to want to cycle some cards to turn those cards on and then you're randomly going to have a draw where you have Fox and your other 3-1 CMC cyclers in the deck, and it's going to be great. Exactly. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is when you have these cycling packages, if you really don't want off-color two CMC cyclers in your deck, if you've got a package, I'll absolutely play off-color, you know, sign me up for Frost Ambush off-color one CMC cyclers are great, but your two CMC cyclers, you want to be able to cast them as well. So you want, you know, Rooting Moloch, you want Lava Serpent, or especially you want Memory Leak if you've got black, right? Memory Leak is outstanding in a black deck with a cycling
0: package. Right, but like you should be playing Shredded Sails and Raking Claws over random like Hampering Snare or other nonsense like that.
1: Right, absolutely. And then moving on to commons that push you into Mardu, which is just absurd and it's insanely powerful, but I do think there are commons That push me into the Mardu decks. So first on the list is Whisper Squad, aka
0: Lingering Souls. This card is absurd. I still don't really think the community at large understands, or I would say that based on the feedback we get on some YouTube videos or our Twitch drafts, that I think the community at large is still undervaluing Whisper Squad and not understanding that is it is a very high pick. Yeah, hundred percent
1: agree that the community is underrating Whisper Squad. Bushmeat Poacher is up next, aka Parcel Beast which is just also ridiculous, right? That black gets a card at common that is as good as, you know, the mutate deck's premium uncommon. And it's not quite as good, obviously, right? It doesn't ramp you. You'd have to sacrifice stuff. But the ease at which you can accumulate
0: sack fodder really does make it fairly close to Parcel Beat. The life gain really pushes this over the edge. I think if you didn't gain life, it would be a little worse. But the fact that this is also such a great, like, I don't know. Get out of jail free card. Yeah, really. Against a lot of aggressive decks. Like if you're playing aggro and they slam a bush poacher and you can tell that they've got the fodder for it, you're in trouble. Like you have to answer it before they can start to go, all right, sack this thing, gain some life. God forbid you've pacified or capture sphered something. Like the card does so much work.
1: Yeah. Next up is Forbidden Friendship, also lingering souls power level in this format. Very good. We're gonna go deep on Forbidden Friendship in a bit. So we'll save, we'll save all the goodness for Forbidden Friendship. And then last card on this list, I might be a little too high on. I, I'm in love with this card,
0: but it's durable coil bug. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's to a lesser extent than Whisper Squad, but all of the inherent synergies that it has with black, and we're going to get to that. I have, a, I have a whole speech I can give on Whisper Squad in just a little bit. Um, but the fact that it has all these inherent synergies in black, as well as the synergies in uh, some versions of black white or black red, it's mute. It's it's a really good target to mutate onto, etc. I think you're not wrong to have it so high here.
1: I, I, I am. That's the the card I'm most wary of, my love for in all of Mardu, because I, I find myself wanting to pick it over ridiculous cards. <laughs> all right, so taking a look at our commons in context in Mardu now. So we've got several categories here. We've got the good in every deck, which are generally the best commons, but not always. We've got good cards that make other cards better, you know, glue type cards, because there's so much synergy in these Mardu decks. And then we've got cards that are good in their package or most contextual and then filler unplayable. So we're going to go through every common in the Mardu colors here, kicking things off with red fire prophecy absurd pick it highly play it don't need to say much else there
0: yeah drannith stinger is up next on this list this is just super flexible it's really good in the best deck in the format which is red white cycling and just a, a quick note here about red white cycling that's gonna warp stuff a little bit here in our lists you know like forbidden friendship is not making this good in every deck list not because ben and i aren't super in love with the card but because in the best versions of red white cycling you don't want forbidden friendship so it's not going to make the list there because we've got this like hyper focused format warping deck at the top of the list
1: but if you assume that people are drafting the format correctly that deck shouldn't exist anymore right but why would i I assume that it's (laughs) it's not
0: been proven to me so far so why would i assume that
1: right i agree like and it's never going to be the case in the pods on arena or even on mtgo i don't think but the difference in the draft that we did in the streamer showdown where we both Uh, met in the loser's bracket and the difference in the arena draft I hopped into right after that was night and day, right? Because people were picking the one mana cycle, it was competitive, right? People were trying to get into the deck and people were appropriately cutting one mana cyclers that were good for their own deck.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah very very different
1: yeah so I, I do think the format is getting a little bit of a bad rap in that way which is which is a bummer because i do think this format is insanely good agreed all right so next up on this list is rumbling rock slide this is a rock solid removal spell pun not intended yikes <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're look, currently looking for a replacement for car host of lords of limited <laughs> but yeah this, this card just is good like frequently it's blood curdle
0: ish yeah. i mean that's a, that's a stretch right like but the times that it does kill something it feels great it does a very amateur impression of blood curdle and that's pretty good for like I don't know, a card that I think people are not taking that high. Right. I mean, it's reds, what? Like, fourth, fifth, sixth best common? And it's still great. Yeah, I mean, even though Rockslide is higher on this list for us, I am I am taking friendship over it. Oh, yeah, I am at this point as well. 100%. I think that's going to surprise a lot of our listeners. Yeah, maybe. I. I
1: they'll, they'll come around after yeah. we, we give our ode to forbidden friendship. So next up is Lava Serpent. This is another card that I am madly in love with in the format. So five and a red, five, five, haste and has cycling two. It's just such a free roll to include in every red deck.
0: Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to do in a red deck is turn 5, Rooting Moloch, Get Back Lava Serpent, turn 6, Lava Serpent. Yeah, it's great. Last card on this list is Gopher Blood, which is just I mean, a one-mana cycler, great in the cycling decks. It makes any cycling package better. Free roll on a removal spell, turns on Spells Matters cards in blue-red, you know, interacts with eater Wolverine, Pyroceratops, Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. It just does so, so much. And again, what is this? Like, reds? sixth best common or something i don't know it's it's down
1: there but the the top like six seven eight red commons are all so good yes yeah go for blood really is a glue type card in red decks it really has overlap everywhere because it it's so good in cycling as well
0: and here we've got a card that ben has written a a short novel on good cards that make other cards better slash glue in the mardu decks forbidden friendship kick us off here ben okay
1: this card is so good, and I just I posted a poll I posted my first ever Twitter poll, which there's going to be more of those coming because it was really fun i don't know how I've been missing out on Twitter polls this whole time, <laughs> but I posted a Twitter poll of pack one pick one Forbidden Friendship or Ram through, and Ram through won that poll with about i don't know two hundred and fifty votes in the poll or something it was like 60 40 or something yeah, about that sixty percent in favor of ram through and i I'm pretty confident that that is just wrong in the in the context of the format i I don't think there's Like, oh, well, there's preference, or I I think you're just lowering your win rate if you're taking Ram Through over Forbidden Friendship, pack one, pick one. And I think, you know, some percentage of those were probably troll votes because because I've been so outspoken on stream and so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. But even if you account for like 20% of those being troll votes or something, like it's still way too many people, in my opinion, voting for Ram Through. So we're just going to take a look at everything Forbidden Friendship does for Red. In the color red, it makes Spelliter Wolverine, Pyroceratops, Cloud Piercer, Blitz of the Thunder Raptor, and Weaponize the Monsters all better, right? And one of the one of the most common interactions in a red deck that's based around commons is Forbidden Friendship early, and you've got some go wide synergy, and then being able to Cloud Piercer on four mana and have a five four haste, and not really feel like you've given up a card and get to rummage. Is really powerful. You know, everybody was talking about Thieving Otter plus Dreamtail Heron at the start of the format. Forbidden Friendship into Cloud Piercer embarrasses that <laughs> as far as like common curves at Mutate go, right? Yeah. So there's that. Just self contained within the color red. Right? If you take a look at black, it works very well with Bushmeat Poacher as Sack Outlet. Same deal with Cavern Whisper curving into it in a red-black deck. It makes Lurking Deadeye much better. Your opponents can't block your 1-1 tokens if you've got Lurking Deadeyes on 4. Or they have to think, do they have a Lurking Deadeye? Should I block? And then sometimes you just get to attack with the 1-1s for free anyway, because your opponent's worried about Lurking Deadeye. It works well with Mutual Destruction. You know, you don't get those premium removal spells in Blood Curdle and Fire Prophecy. All of a sudden, mutual destruction's great if you've got some forbidden friendships or maybe even some whisper squads running around. It curves into night squad commando in black, which makes your night squad commando come in with a token, which makes your go wide red black decks better. It works with bastion because you're going wide. Chittering harvester gives it a mutate target. There's so much going on there, right?
0: Yeah, and then even looking at like some some lesser synergies, you know, you can think about well, there's there's a red white go wide deck that exists. You, you shouldn't get into it very often, but it does exist, and that makes forbidden friendship. Enhance coordinated charge. Fight as one. You now have a human and a non human that you want to protect. Hunt Master Ligler and Regal Leosaur as these go wide pump effects or mass pump effects that you also have a token which you can mutate onto.
1: Can we just pause for a second and talk about how insane Fight as one is? I finally, like, when in Diamond, I finally came around to the conclusion that fight as one is a good card, and I finally had a deck that had two fight as ones that was a good fight as one deck. And that the card is absurd. It's so backbreaking. So, and then moving back to the card we're actually here to gush over, forbidden mm-hmm. friendship in blue red, it turns on all of your spells matters cards. It puts a spell in the graveyard, and it's an insane curve if you go of one mind with forbidden friendship. Mm-hmm. You know the the best curve in blue red is like sprite dragon on one, and then on or on two. And then on turn three, you can forbidden friendship plus of one mind.
0: Yeah. You keep talking about that curve, and I still haven't gotten to do it, even though Sprite Dragon has moved way, way up in my pick order. So, th- the thing I want to talk about here about taking forbidden friendship so highly is something that I, I wrote a Carter article a few weeks ago about investing in your draft's future. I think on the, the, the face of it, it sort of looked like you could read the article like, oh, he's just talking about you take enablers if you don't see payoffs which isn't really the case. I'm talking about making picks that like open up a number of avenues for you down the draft. And that's not quite as simple as saying take enablers if you don't see payoffs. Because if you think about cards like Whisper Squad, Durable Coil Bug, and Forbidden Friendship that just like make so many future picks better. You know, all the cards we're talking about, I think, can can apply to those three cards where you're like, well, now this makes Bushmeat Poacher better and Mutual Destruction. And, you know, in the case of Coil Bug and Friendship, it makes Cavern Whisper and Cloud Piercer better and et cetera, et cetera. That's way different than saying, like, well, I don't see any payoff, so I'm going to take Essence Symbiote here or Glimmer Bell here because those are like very, very narrow enablers. But, Forbidden Friendship is such a wide enabler. Like It's going to make so many things in the future of your draft better, which is such a powerful thing to do that, yeah, it's not going to go in red-white cycling specifically. The best red-white cycling deck doesn't care about Forbidden Friendship. But other than that, every red deck wants just as many copies of this as it can get its hands on.
1: Yeah. I I 100% agree. Preach. And if if you take a look Try to visualize right now what Ramthru's list looks like in your head, (laughs) compared to that list we just just went over. Ramthru has a family, Ben. Just back off. (laughs) So, but seriously though, Ramthru I think is probably greens. You know, most people would have it as greens best or second best common, depending on like what you subscribe to, Mm -hmm. and it does nothing on its own it needs other cards to work it needs creatures with the appropriate power to kill something that you actually want to be able to kill on the battlefield it's very dangerous to cast into open mana it has restrictions on a removal spell in a format where removal is everywhere, right? Ram through is
0: not a commodity in the format. And, and it doesn't do the thing where it's like, and now this makes future picks better. It, like, it starts to constrain your future picks because you're like, well, can I really take this like vigilant package and start going like Moscow, Goriak, Alert, Bonder? Because now my Ram through is kind of suck a little bit or like now I sort of have to figure out at what point am I trying to cast this like it's not gonna yeah it's a two drop but you're really not casting that until turn five turn six right and so I think this conversation about forbidden friendship uh, applies
1: not to to this extent like where where it works with so many cards in Mardu but there are so many cards in Mardu like forbidden friendship that work well with a lot of other commons in the Mardu colors that it's it's frequent that you're able to position yourself to get into a very good synergistic deck at the common level yep so taking a look at i feel like such a i feel exhausted <laughs> yeah I mean, a round of applause <laughs>
0: for forbidden friendship
1: ladies and gentlemen <laughs> seriously so taking a look at cards that are you know now contextual in red i think cloud piercer is something you really only want if you're mutating or beating down you've got these forbidden friendships to mutate onto etc
0: ferocious Tigerilla, good if you've got menace synergies or trample synergies in, in a more rare case and also just like if you've got a lot of removal, then you're chunking in for four points of damage every turn.
1: Prickly Marmoset, you really want, you know, it works if you're wanting to mutate. It's a fine mutate target, gives the thing first strike, and certainly excels in the cycling deck, or or a cycling package.
0: Spell Eater Wolverine, you know, we talk about Rumbling Rockslide doing an impression of Blood Curdle. Well, Spell Eater Wolverine does a pretty dang good Prickly Marmoset impression in the right deck good with cycling package you know once it's once you've got one two maybe even just one spell in the graveyard and you attack with four open mana your opponent sort of has to respect that you could just go cycle cycle and have it have it deal you six damage yeah tentative connection is up next i really
1: like to think of this as splashing in these black red decks i think people are playing tentative connection a little too frequently in their black red sacrifice menace decks Mm -hmm. um so i generally am hoping to have three sack outlets before i'm happy with the first one four sack outlets before I'm happy for the second one. Similar to, you know, you want three mana sources for one splash card, four mana sources for two splash cards. Thinking about it in that way, I think exceptions to that are that you brought up a great one, which is Cathartic Reunion. Um, That that makes you able to include them a little more aggressively. And also, I think you're supposed to include them more aggressively if you don't have the premium rule. If you don't have the blood curdles, you don't have the fire prophecies.
0: A note about Cathartic Reunion, which is a card that I like very much in this format, I do think it is at its worst in red-black. Because Red Black is a very mana-hungry deck if you think about, you know, Weaponize or Bushmeat Poacher or getting back coil bug or dumping mana into Whisper Squad. Like, even if once you get up to 6 mana then you're casting Lava Serpent or maybe trying to, like, Tentative Connection sacrifice something. You're not often in a position where you want to pitch lands or spells. So I I would just think about Cathartic Reunion a little less of an auto include in that deck.
1: Yep, that makes sense to me. You frequently want seven or eight lands on the battlefield. Yeah. Filler, don't need to go into this much. Frenzied Raptor, Heightened Reflexes, Raking Claws, Shredded Sails. I think Raking Claws and Shredded Sails move up out of Filler if you're cycling, but even then you're not thrilled. You'd, You'd prefer one CMC Cyclers.
0: Yeah, looking at Sideboard Unplayable or Niche Cards, I think Sideboard, Blazing Volley, and then niche would be Blister Spit Gremlin. I basically would only think about playing Blister Spit in an Obosh companion deck. Is there any other time you would want to play that card?
1: No, I agree. And I think Blazing Volley, is similarly with Lutri.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Moving on to Black. Good in every deck. We've got Blood Curdle, top of the heap, and Bushmeat Poacher as well. I kind of want to put Whisper Squad on this list. It's close. I thought about it, except. I don't think you're thrilled with Whisper Squad in, like, the black-green reanimate decks.
0: I guess that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Though, okay, so here's what I want to talk about Whisper Squad. Again, this is a card like Friendship that just, and I think maybe the restriction is is that you are never playing one of these, and so if you end up with one, that's bad. Like, you need to have at least two before you're happy, but two is basically raise the alarm. Like, once you draw one, you two drop the other one, and then, boom, you've got two 1-1s, and black cares about expendable bodies with bushmeat poacher mutual destruction or bastion of remembrance or or whatever like there there are so many things that care about whisper squad in multiples but i agree Yeah, black green is probably one where it's not at home
1: except if you have bushmeat poachers but yeah that deck also doesn't really want bushmeat poacher i don't know of course it does
0: every deck wants bushmeat poacher (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it does you're right whisper squad is really on the cusp for me and I, i think it's a fantastic card
1: yeah, and similar for exactly the reasons we outlined for Fruit and Friendship, right? Yeah. And Durable Coil Bug, exactly the same thing going on there. Yep. And then Memory Leak is really a glue card in a lot of the Mardu decks as well. Really goes well in cycling. A lot of the decks have cycling packages. And if Memory Leak is castable in your cycling package, it's also very good. Plus, it's just a good card to cast on turn three if you're stable. Now, you're not stable a
0: lot in the format, but when you do have the time to cast it, it feels great. Yeah, for sure. It's just the flexibility of that card is so good. I would argue that all these three, all three of these cards could go in the good in every deck category, which is just another example of why red and black are so deep and strong and common in this format.
1: Yeah. And I think that statement right there is a testament to why you should be trying to get into Mardu. Yes. And to just qualify that statement, I think you know that's if you're not seeing a reason to do other things, Right. Mardu is the default when you don't have rares or powerful uncommons push you into blue or green. That should be your default setting.
0: It's kind of similar to, not, not quite, because this was perhaps one of the better things to do in Theros, but it's kind of similar to like, I'm not seeing anything to do, I'm just going to grab Traveler's Amulets and Thrill of Possibilities and Theros Beyond Death, and now I can just cast whatever good stuff I see. Mardu, or Red Black specifically, just lets you go, all right, I'm not seeing anything powerful at like common or uncommon, fine, I know I can just move into this color that has a deep and powerful roster of commons that are going to make future picks on my draft better.
1: And it's very similar to War of the Spark, which is the flashback yeah. on Magic Arena right now. Like, right, War of the Spark was Grixis because Grixis had all of the best commons, and then sometimes you would draft white-green, right? If you had the cool. powerful rares or mm-hmm. the powerful uncommons that really pushed you into the proliferate deck. That's the exact same thing going on here. You, uh, Am I drafting green if I open Kogla? You bet. Am I happy about it? Eh. Like, not not really, but like, I'll do it, right? But the the default should be if you want the highest win rate possible, I do think the default should be Mardu if you don't have powerful rares or uncommons that push you in a direction early in the draft.
0: So Moving on to the next category here, we've got good cards in their package slash most contextual. First up is Bootnipper. This really does get a knock, I think, for having one toughness. You know, if Whisper Squad and Forbidden Friendship are going up in value, Bootnipper goes down in value, I think, because of that reason. But pairs very nicely with Porky Parrot. Yeah, absolutely. Cavern Whisperers up next.
1: You really want this if you've got Mutate stuff, if you've got the Forbidden Friendships, things to mutate onto and or. It's also just fine to play as a 5-mana 4-4 four four Menace, especially if you've got Menace synergies.
0: Mm-hmm. Corpse Churn is, I think, best in context with the companions that care about it. It's so funny. like I, This this podcast is going to be released after the companion announcement that happens tomorrow. So perhaps all this companion chat that we have here will, will be moot. But uh, yeah, with Luris Garuda, or Lutra, a copy or even two copies of corpse turn go go really up in value deadweight is next i really am only happy including this if it's odd you know i was
1: defending deadweight's honor early in the format when everybody was down on it and now i'm kind of down on it Mostly because the black decks don't really need early defense that often because they're clogging the board so well. But if you need early defense or you need ways to interact, Deadweight, still a good Magic the Gathering card, for it's, sure.
0: It's so funny because cards like, like Deadweight and Survive Thundermain and even sometimes Zagoth Mamba, like when they're good, they're great. They're sort of backbreaking or crippling to your opponent in their ability to curve out or whatever. And when they're bad, when you're facing Snare Tactician and Prickly Marmoset, it, it, it feels pretty embarrassing to see that in your hand. Yeah. Next up is Lurking Deadeye. If you're going wide, if you've got things that are going to be chump attacking or chump blocking, if you have human synergies, that's or even flash synergies, that's when you want this card.
1: Mutual Destruction, similarly, going wide, sacrifice synergies. You've got those tentative connections you want to run. Card's great.
0: Last up here is Night Squad Commando. It's also a glue card, but you need to have a good curve. This is a really, really important thing to think about with this card is that I see this so often when folks have like three two drops. I'm like... Well, then you're just playing this as a Talarian Scholar because this is going to be a three mana two three a lot of the time. And if that's something you think your deck is interested in, fine. But what I think about is I really want to maximize this card because I assume I care about getting the second body from it. And so how often can I enable that on curve? So I just be aware of that.
1: Right. I would say the same. I would just want to go back and talk about mutual destruction a little bit. I see mutual destruction in way too many decks that it doesn't belong as well. Yes. Like decks decks without friendship or Whisper Squad, or like two to three durable Coil Bugs, and they also those decks also a lot of times have better removal spells. Yes. You you don't, you they have, you know, two Blood Curls and a Fire Prophecy just don't play Mutual Destruction then, right? Or, you you need to know what you're sacrificing when you're putting that card in your deck.
0: And I would also throw out If you've got some flash stuff then so that you can turn it into an instant speed spell, then you're like, fine, I can have one of these, even if I don't have a lot of expendable bodies, I can probably have one black mana up on my opponent's turn and be able to respond to something you know, if they go to kill something or try and blow me out with a combat trick, then I can respond with this card. Right.
1: Moving on to the filler, top of the heap, Blitz Leech.
0: Are, are you going to let me put Blitz Leech in filler? Yeah, I, I think Blitz Leech is very, very good, but it's a six drop. Like, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it as a filler card. I have a problem with this next card. I would put this as unplayable, basically. Ooh, wow. Hot take. Now, Dark Bargain is trashed here. Yeah, I am happy a lot of the time my opponents cast Dark Bargain. The, the only <laughs> argument I've, or the only pushback I've gotten that I can support when I say that I think Dark Bargain is bad is that it's good in a Lurus deck, which I could definitely see. Like, that's a deck that could afford to, you know, pay for it to draw two just because it wants to find another corpse churn or whatever, or put some relevant spell to buy back in the graveyard, etc.,
1: I also think you will play it if you're in black and don't get bushmeat poacher, but I don't know why you're in black if you don't have bushmeat poachers. Exactly. Next up, Gloom Pangolin, Serrated Scorpion is another card that gets played way too much, I think, mm-hmm. and it should not. You you really want to have strong synergy before you're putting Serrated Scorpion, and strong synergy is not I have a weaponized the monsters, so I'll play a Serrated Scorpion. That's no, not no, strong no, no, synergy. No. It's yeah. like you want you want Obosh, you want lots of ways to mutate onto it, like you want to be running Cloud Piercers, cavern whisper and have sacrifice synergies like
0: there needs to be a lot going on before yeah.
1: you're happy including serrated
0: scorpion i would say Obash or Luris are the two decks where i'd be like okay you can place the scorpion otherwise you better have i don't know multiple bastions and a weaponize and i don't know it's it's not a great card i'm
1: running one right now and i have weaponize two bastions and i have three or four creatures i want to mutate onto it and not a lot of mutate targets
0: i'd say call the death dweller is probably another reason to play scorpion because like if you if you want to have a good mix of ones and twos so you can get a two for one there but again you, you need very specific
1: reasons to play this card suffocating fumes a card i'm pretty high on especially in best of one trying to include one in your black decks but ultimately cycling two makes this filler
0: mm-hmm unexpected fangs i really like this as sideboard against cycling decks in particular um, but i'm mostly thinking of it just as sideboard tech
1: yep similar unlikely aid plus two plus oh and indestructible mm-hmm.
0: all right what's going on in white then we're gonna fight here
1: we are gonna fight here so good in every deck with some qualifiers first up we've got pacifism which is probably good in every white deck. The first copy, like you'll play in a cycling deck. You're not thrilled about it. It's it's fine. I really felt in the streamer showdown event that we did, I was blue-white and I really felt the punishment of my two pacifisms not being able to get things off the battlefield.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I keep writing chapters on Twitter of my book about why pacifism is bad in this format. So here's my feeling about pacifism and then to a lesser extent, Divine Hour and Checkpoint Officer, these like three quote unquote, two CMC removal spells that white has. The less streamlined my deck is, the happier I am to include these cards in my deck. So if I, especially, I think the allied color pair decks, white, blue, and white, green, the more I get into that, the happier I am. And I think that's partially because blue and green don't offer great removal. And so then you're like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll take a divine arrow or an officer. When you're in white, black, and white, red, I think you want these a lot less because those two colors should be offering you better removal options. But they're... There are necessary evils in a good portion of white decks, I would say.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense to me. And then the, the controversial card on this list is Blade Banish, three and a white instant exile target creature with power four or greater. I have this in the good in every deck as a one of, and that's probably a little bit of a stretch.
0: This is just strict sideboard, in my opinion. I'm not happy main decking this generally. I, I'm confused as to what you're finding that you're facing where you always have targets for this. Because the decks that we're talking about don't uh, have a lot of targets for this. Right. I think, you know, against cycling, frequently
1: they're going to have a prickly marmoset that goes above two power at some point in the game that you can usually anticipate. So you can usually find a target against cycling or they've got a lava serpent or they've got a rooting moloch. There's targets there. In red black, a lot of times they have cloud piercers or they've got cavern whisperers to kill. And I think certainly against green, you're almost always going to have targets. The Vigilance deck probably doesn't have much, but generally you can find a target. Is it going to be great always? Not necessarily, but some percentage of the time it's Blood Curdle. And when it's Blood Curdle, it's insanely good. And it's even better than Blood Curdle in some senses because it exiles, right? Like you exile your opponent's
0: Karuda. You feel great in that spot. If Rumbling Rockside is like an amateur impression of Blood Curdle, this is like your neighbor's kid. <laughs> doing like a show at dinner time impression of blood curdle come on ben <laughs> wow that was rough Just like- that was, that was excellent imagery
1: <laughs> So I had a chance to argue with Alex a little bit last night on my stream about this. I got a little I got a little preview. So let me ask you this. Uh, I pose this question. I I, I
0: reject the I practiced my argument on someone. Now I'm gonna (laughs) use it on the show. All right, what do you got for me?
1: How do you compare Blade Banish to pacifism?
0: Like as as a
1: removal spell, if you're rating them as removal spells, how close to the goodness of pacifism does Blade Banish get?
0: I mean, I guess they're good. They're kind of close. I'm like not happy with either of them. It's sort of my my feeling.
1: Right, and I think you're happy, you're okay running the first copy of pacifism. And I think Blade Banish falls into that same category, right? And in some cases, Blade Banish is, and I would argue, not even some, like I would say 50% or more of cases, Blade Banish is just better than pacifism because it, it is good against the mutate decks.
0: Right, it's like, what are the things that I'm hoping to, what 3-3 with no abilities am I hoping to pacify? Right, well, and I, I think- there's also,
1: it doesn't go in every deck, right? But I think there's some decks where you really want a copy, right? Cycling's okay with a copy because cycling loses when green goes over the top. But that's that's sort of putting insurance in your deck. Like, that's not great. Yeah. But vi- the Vigilance deck really wants Blade Banish, right? Because like all you lose to is your opponent going way over the top of you, right? You could ignore small stuff for days while you're gaining, you know, six life a turn with your Heat bonders. Mm-hmm. Blade Banish is great there. It's very good in white black, I think, if you don't get the blood curdles because your plan in white black is for the game to go long, right? So... Blade Banish is, I think, actively good there because you're also going to lose to your opponent, you know, going Voltron on some monster that you really need to be able to interact with. So th- those are a couple decks specifically, I think, where you actively do want to copy.
0: Is Blade Banish a card that at the end of a draft, if you're in white, you're unhappy if you don't have one? Yes. All right. I I, I should just be taking it higher then. I'm going to trust you. Yeah. But
1: and, and it's not always going to make the main deck, but I do think it's a good card. And I think people are a little too low on it. And I'm probably too high on it. I think the truth is somewhere in
0: the middle. Okay, that's fair. Moving on to good cards that make other cards better. We've got the 2-1 CMC Cyclers in Imposing Vantasaur and Dranith Healer. Obviously great in the red-white cycling decks. Great if you've got a cycling package. Great if you've got a little vigilance Synergy or Human Synergies for Vantasaur and Healer respectively. They're just very flexible, strong cards. Right, but they aren't as
1: uh, versatile as some other cards, right, that are in that category.
0: They're less auto-includes. Then take a look at draneth Stinger and Gopher Blood, for example, in red. Right. And then if we move
1: on to cards that are good in their package or very contextual, Coordinated Charge, you really want in the cycling
0: decks, especially if you've got Valiant Rescuer and just in decks that are going wide. Day Squad Marshal as well. Uh, humans, go wide. This card, I think, is probably just underrated even by me. I, I think every time my opponent casts this, I'm not happy. <laughs> right. You just feel bad. right? Yeah.
1: It's a good card. I think it's just a, it's a fairly good threat in the format. I agree. Garrison cat is up next. Really. If you've got sacrifice synergies, you want to grind, you've got some human synergies, you've got a mutate like this card, Garrison cat. Goes well in the decks that
0: have an amalgamation of a lot of the Mardu synergies. Yeah, that's wild to me that Garrison Cat is a card that I'm like happy about. I'm sometimes like, oof, if that Garrison Cat wheels, we're really doing it, you know? Or or you're fine six picking it or whatever. You're like, yes, Garrison Cat, welcome to the team. (laughs) Yeah. Main Serval, my boy, the two mana, one four Vigilant, obviously good in the Vigilance deck and good if you've got some stuff to mutate onto it. Snare Tactician
1: is really only excelling in the Cycling deck or Humans deck. But I'm obviously busted
0: in those decks, you know, so is still the best white common, I think. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't go in every deck. Worth noting. And last up, we've got Solid Footing, which is good in the Vigilance deck. Or if you've got a Vigilance package, I I wouldn't go crazy on this card. One, if you've got, you know, let's say you've got three of the X fours or four of the X fours I'd play one solid footing but I'm not loading up on solid footings I think
1: right you can think about it like tentative connection and splashing right like
0: three vigilance creatures one solid footing and, and maybe even like you should be a little more critical I think I would like but I would double the ratio I'd be like all right so three I'll play one six I'll play two but the problem is is that the vigilance deck is not there are some times and I'd say probably more so in best of one than best of three where you're like main serval on two solid footing on three and I'm hoping to clock you in four turns most of the time, the Vigilance deck is a grindy late game deck, and that doesn't really care about a combat trick.
1: Yep, yep. So, moving on to White's Filler, there's a fair amount here. We got Helica Glider, Patagia Tiger. Those go, you know, you'll, you'll play those in mm-hmm. mutate decks. I, I played three Patagia Tigers in that.
0: <laughs> Crushed me. Three, four flyer, too strong. Yeah. Uh, Perimeter Sergeant. I see this card, I think, is, is again in the like misnomer of Black White is an aggro deck and it's not, and that's why Perimeter Sergeant doesn't really belong. Like 9 out of 10 times Coordinated Charge is going to do the thing that you want Perimeter Sergeant to do better and more flexible.
1: Yep. Yeah. Savai so Sabretooth, 2-mana, 3-1. Not much to say there. Spontaneous Flight, I do like, especially in Green-White, you know, yes. if you get some Honey Mammoths at the top of your curve, like just as a way to make Honey Mammoth not get chumped into oblivion.
0: Right. I think both Spontaneous flight and fully grown are good in the green white decks because the green white deck often has a good job of not dying and then you count your library and you're like, "Oh no, I've cycled a few more times than my opponent and I'm going <laughs> a deck because I have no way to win and push through this board stall." That impression sounded pretty honest, pretty heartfelt like you've been in that that spot a few times. <laughs> a few more times than I care to uh, care to talk about. Last up on this list is Wontwan Volpakite. Just Plays out like an aura way more times than you'd like. Like, yes, you can play it, but it's it's not a strong card. And moving on to unplayable sideboard,
1: Light of Hope really does wonders out of the board against the cycling deck.
0: Mm-hmm, for
1: sure. Blowing up a reflection, gaining four life, all good. So I think as a as a, a final thought here on Mardu, if you will try harder to get into the Mardu colors and try to draft those color pairs more and draft green a little bit less, certainly at the common level, I think your win rate will improve in the format.
0: I support that sentiment 100%.
1: So great place to wrap us up there. Go forth, draft your forbidden friendships. And thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro intro music. Make sure you give it a listen.
0: You can find all things Lords of Limited on our website, lordsoflimited.com. Find links to our Twitch pages. I'm at twitch.tv slash lordtupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash mrmetronome. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash lordsoflimited, as well as a Twitter account. Tweet at our podcast, at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks everybody. See you later. I'm sorry (laughs) we've got an outtake now Now, at least now we have a blooper good god (laughs) what did you think I was gonna like go long enough where you wouldn't need to you could just chew and swallow and be be good to go I that that was the intent but it has turned out to be woefully
1: not the case (laughs) 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 all right now I need a drink of water this is a whole whole production now
0: I'm sorry that's all right